You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Good morning, everybody, on this beautiful Wednesday, September 22nd. Welcome you to the Morning Breath. I guess we'll just say the live drive time devotion should jumpstart your day. What we do is we read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time in it, spend some time with the Lord. Then we come down to the studio here at the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center. I and a co-host read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever the Lord leads us in the chapter. Don't prepare a message, we prepare our hearts. And the other heart that's here and prepared is Pastor Brian Moore. How are you doing, Pastor Brian? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you. Fancy new hat you got? Yep. Roar. 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 Yeah, it's got a roar on the side, too. I like it. We're just roaring. Yeah. That's, is that something that's just fresh out from Roar? Um, I don't know how fresh it is. Yeah, maybe fresh. Maybe, Pretty like, fresh. you know, within the last few months. Maybe. Where'd you get it? Um, well, I had a birthday and somebody uh, blessed ah, me. Ah, nice. It's a birthday them, gift. Them Roar folks blessed me. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I like it. It's good stuff. Yeah. I think I think Nick should wear a hat. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I can. You don't wear hats much, do you? No, I can't. Oh, okay. It irritates my head. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes you irritate my head, too. So. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, tell the folks how to get involved in Morning Breath. All right, there's a few ways to get on board with the show. We'd love to, you know, point you towards our app, East Coast app, or our website, eccc.us. You can find out all the uh, details there. But there's a Morning Breath link, and the the chapters that we're headed to, the chapters we've been in, uh, once you get the Word of God, Uh, in you every day. You can also call the church office, 321-452-1060, and uh, leave your information there with Ernestine or uh, whoever else might answer the phone there at the front desk. And let them know you want to get on board with the show, you want to get a devotion guide. We'll get you chapters. We'll get you pointed towards the Word of God and ultimately see your life forever changed. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people use uh, the Morning Breath chapter to do the soap. Uh, There's some soap groups out there. A lot of our gals, a lot of the women in our church do soap together. Uh, you know, do it in their own home, and then they, you know, have Facebook uh, connection where they get together, and it's uh, S stands for seek or, or scripture, and then observe, uh, and then uh, apply, and then pray. And so what you do is you find a verse that fits you, that you feel like God's speaking to you from the chapter, then you uh, say, how can I apply that to my life? And then you pray and ask God to help you apply it, to make it a, make it a real thing. What I've found in my life is that when I get into the Word, and, I, and God shows me something, it's usually uh, for me first and foremost, but very often, not too long in the future, God will bring somebody across my path that I can share that truth with or, you know, encourage them with or, you know, it's, it's ministry as well. And so that two-edged sword of the Bible is always working where it's ministering to you and then it's going to minister to somebody else too. So uh, get in there, do morning breath or do soap, do something. Get in the Word every day. I think it's good for you. Yeah, the Word's going to change your life. Absolutely. It, it's not if it will, it, it's it's going to. You That's just got to right. get it in there. And it is living and active and, like you said, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's It'll get in there and it'll even judge the thoughts and intents of our heart, Scripture yeah, says. And I, I, mess, I love it. I messed with Nick before about his head gives me a hard time. My head gives me a hard time. And... Uh, that's why I need the word in there yeah. to rewrite the way I see and think about things that, that come at me in life. Because if you don't have a biblical, biblical perspective, a biblical worldview, man, what's going on in the world right now sure. is whew, hard, sure, to, yeah. hard, to, hard to handle. Anyway, so we really don't have a lot of announcements at church. We're having services at all our buildings live. We would love to see you come on back. 
be a part of what God's doing in the local church. Yeah, come see us at one of our campuses. Even uh, there are options for you, uh, yeah. depending on what part of the county you live in. If you're in the southern southern part of the county, the southern we, southern, yeah, that, like that's because I'm southern. I'm southern. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the Vieira. You're from campus. Southern California. Southern, yep, yep <laughs> way down there deep in the south. Uh, if, you, if you're down in the southern part of the county, we do have a campus at the Vieira High School that meets a portable campus there. Nice. Or uh, if you're out west of us, uh, West Coco, we have a campus out in Coco or here on Merritt Island or anywhere else around the county, you want to come to Merritt Island, be a part of the Parkway Worship Center, the Avenue Worship Center, or you're out there somewhere outside of our local community, tune into our online campus and uh, connect that way with the message of the Word of God, worship with us. It'll be a great time to do it. Yep. Love to have you. So let's just uh, get into it then, I guess, huh? Let's go. All right. Let's do it. So uh, I'm going to read. Second Samuel chapter 12. Yeah, Second Samuel chapter 12, and we've got 31 verses. Well, I got a great break at 15, at, all right. at the end of 15, then you can take it from 16. I'll pick it up. All um, right, New King James here. All right, I say unto you, read, sir. <laughs> then David sent Nathan, excuse me, then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, there were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had brought up and nourished. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man, who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. And he said, And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb, because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and you've taken his wife to be your wife, and you've killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the son So David said to Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house. Then the Lord struck the child with that Uriah then the Lord struck the child that Uriah's widow bore to David, so that they, that he was very sick. David therefore inquired of God for the child, and David fasted and went and lay all night on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him in order to raise him up from the ground, but he was unwilling and would not eat food with them. Then it happened on the seventh day that the child died, and the servant of David... 
and the servants of David were afraid to tell them that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was still alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to our voice. How then can we, how then can we tell him that the child is dead, since he might do he might do harm, he might do himself harm? But when David saw that his servant were whispering together, David perceived that the child was dead. So David said to his servants, "Is that is the child dead?" And they said, "He is dead." So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes, and he came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came into his own house, and when he requested, he set food before him, and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this thing that you have done? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me that the child may live. But now he is now he has died, why should I fast? Can I bring him back alive, or can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Then, then David comforted his wife Bathsheba and went in her, into her and lay with her, and she gave birth to his son, and his name, and he named him Solomon. Now the Lord loved him and sent word with, through Nathan the prophet, and he named him Jedidiah for the Lord's sake. Now Joab fought against Rabbah, the son of Ammon, and captured the royal city. Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah. I've even captured the city of waters. Now, therefore, gather the rest of the people together and camp against the city and capture it, and or I will capture the city myself, and it will be named after me. So David gathered all the people and went to Rabbah, fought against it and captured it. Then he took the crown of their king from his head. He took he took the crown of their king from his head, and in weight and its weight was a talent of gold, and in it was a precious stone, and it was placed on David's head. And he brought out the spoil of the city in great amounts. He also brought out the people who were in it, set them under saws, sharp iron instruments, and iron axes, and made them pass through the brick kiln. And thus he did with all the cities of the sons of Ammon. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. You know, Joab really surprised me there. Yeah. You know, Joab, uh, he was still dedicated to David. Yeah. So much so that he wanted to make sure that David got credit for you know conquering this city i don't know i just when i read it i thought wow that's surprising because you kind of wonder job does some crazy things later on and you know it's kind of out of control at different times but at that point he was still you know trying to do the best by his king and uh, hopefully by by god as well yeah it was like it's it's a pseudo threat or not a threat i don't know it felt like a little bit like hey go do it in your name or i'll go do it myself and name it after me like Ah. it's like a i don't know i I saw that i was like okay is he challenging like like what is really going on but in the end he yielded to go hey go do it so it'll be in your name and not in mine you know like I don't know. I wonder what that's oh, I'm certainly like. it motivated David. Yeah, no like, doubt. oh, I better, you know, Joab, we're going to call Joab, get the credit for beating all the Ammonites. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe that motivated him in that, which would be sad because it's better to be motivated by what, you know, God is telling you to do instead of what other people think of you or threats or yeah. <laughs> any of that stuff. You know, the uh, what stuck out to me as I read this, honestly. I'm like, you know, I, I can be a pretty competitive dude. Like, I, I have a history of wanting to win and compete and, like, not just be good at something. I I've never a, noticed that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to I get after it and I want to win, right? And I think about some of these leaders of the Old Testament, and it's just leaders in general, I think. It's not just back in the day in the Old Testament. But you read it. Like, I read this about Joab and David, and I think there's there's some competitiveness and, like, there's some things going on in this probably <laughs> that these, that these high-capacity leaders, like David was an incredible leader, 
but yet he has shortcomings, which we've you know we've read through we here. Just, we yeah. just got a good look at him. Got, yeah, got to see his, his weaknesses. But in many of these leaders, they're like, let's go do this, and they can just go charge the mountain, you know, yeah, like and yeah, yeah. and not mess around doing yeah, it. Like oh, they're yeah. just going to go blaze a trail and like yeah. go do it. But yet these guys were living side by side. I mean, Joab probably was fighting a little bit for his own little space here, oh. you know, like we see later on that like, anyway, there's, there's a lot that can happen in these leaders as they just kind of drive a train to kind of go for it. And, you know, short of being sensitive to the spirit of God, any of us can get into a place of just being overly, I'm going to go do that instead right. of actually hearing the voice of God and being led. And man, isn't leadership better with, with the spirit of God than doing it in your own strength? You know? Absolutely. And, and, you know, for him to still submit himself to the vision God had yeah. for Israel, which was David was the king and the leader. That Joab, you know, certainly high capacity leader, he led the whole army. Yeah, he's like the general of generals. How many uh, South American coups or Central American coups start with the general? Yeah, I mean, I think that's who Fidel Castro was. You know, in his uh, takeover of Cuba, you know, he's a leader of the military, and before long, he became the president and was the dictator there for forty-five years or some crazy amount, building his own kingdom instead of building the kingdom of God. And I think that is the only thing that that can purify, you know, that competitiveness yeah. or that desire to win or that type triple-A personality, yeah. whatever you want to call it. The only thing that can sanctify that and make that holy is doing it for the glory of God and yeah. doing it for a vision that God has given. And even if that's vision God has given someone else, and I, I, I mean, I'm the... I'm the product of that in many ways. For the years that I pastored East Coast Christian Center, I literally just had a ton of guys that came alongside and said, here, I'll do it. And they worked hard and did all these things and gave the credit to Jesus, but you know, they were coming in behind a vision that Jesus gave me, and, yeah. and uh, that vision would have never come to pass without people like yourself, Pastor Brian and, and Pastor Matt, and you could go right down the line, you know, to the first person I met when I came to East Coast Christian Center. Uh, without those people, none of it would have come to pass. Yeah, and and I mean, in David's life, we, we obviously he's an incredible leader and has an incredible story told about him, but his his own pride and his own competitive and his own, you know, all the mess that, that we read about in, you know, this adulterous murder like going right on down the road and we see the fruit of all of that here that's just ugly and messy and i don't want to live in a place of ugly and messy i want to be sensitive as a leader or as somebody who is you know like you said to redeem that that leadership space or that competitive that that desire to win and be excellent and all that short of the grace of god i I could be all these things that david has said oh absolutely and so i'm thankful that the spirit of god is that i don't know that i that i by the grace of god been able to have some people around me too to keep some things in check because I could get out there far. That'd be a real problem. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that's why the Bible says, if any man thinks yeah. he stands, let him take heed lest he fall. And that's why, you know, when you're talking about maybe how God has done something great in your life, you, you t- do it by taking heed and saying, and that's because yeah. God has done that in my life, not because I my own strength has kept me pure or my own strength has kept me out of, you know, the jailhouse or whatever the case may be. That's not true. Uh, the only reason I'm not in jail right now is because of Jesus. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd be in baseball jail. Yeah, um, I'd be in some jail. I'd somewhere. be in the real jail. <laughs> I'd probably be down in the Mexican jail. That's that's tough. I had some friends that spent two years in a Mexican jail. It just That's was, not pretty. Oh, it was not pretty. No, no they, they were never the same again. Um, 
when uh, you look at this chapter, and this is definitely Old Testament um, man, thank God for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, all this stuff that Jesus bore in our stead and our sicknesses and, you know, all that's going on. But there are, there are some New Testament principles here. Nathan goes to David. Yeah. And this is such an important thing. David is, you know, just got done doing all that he did with David and Bathsheba and Uriah. And Joab uh, knew about it. He was a friend, a co-labor. We see in this chapter here, he calls David to do that stuff. But he doesn't go to David and say, wait a minute, David. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm not, I'm not killing Uriah the Hittite. Uriah the Kittite. Uriah, Uriah, uh, what's the guy's name? Uriah. Uriah the Hittite. The Hittite is one of our guys, man. He's yeah. like, he's part of the, and the Hittites were actually part of the the guard that guarded the king too. I mean, he's like one of your 100 mighty men. Yeah. Uriah was one of those mighty men of David. He wasn't just some guy on the fringe out here. That's why he lived close enough to the king's rooftop yeah. for his wife to be seen bathing. And so he was he was part of the inner circle and Joab was part of the inner circle yeah. but he didn't he didn't stop this and he didn't say to David, "Hey David, what are you doing?" But somebody did and that was Nathan. Yeah. And Nathan that's that's what Galatians 6:1 talks about that if you see a brother caught in something, go to the brother and talk to him about it. And I've watched, you know, in the in the, the the length of time that I've been in ministry, I've seen things come up that was were going on in someone's life that you thought, wow, where did that come from? But you know what? There were people around them that saw signs of it for, in some cases, years. Yeah. But nobody stood up and said, let's stop this train. Yeah. This train, you're headed in a wrong direction. Or you've done this. Now, come clean, and let's head in this direction. And then the way Nathan did it, I mean, it's obviously a God thing. I mean, because David's anger is real. He's like, you know, when he's telling him the story, David's like, that, guy, that, guy's a, that guy should die, you know? And then he's going to repay four times, and he goes off on this tirade against the guy. And then th- those four little words, and... Uh, in the original, even the word "are" is not there. It's just basically "you the man." You the man. You the man. And uh, man, that yeah. moment. It's got to be like cutting at that oh moment. Oh my just gosh! Go, oh, 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 but oh, a holy oh. cutting. Yeah, yeah. Because God wants to save us from stuff like that. Yeah. God wants to deliver us from stuff like that, and He doesn't want us to be living in these shadows that that are not uncovered. Um, but the cost that it cost David and his family. I mean, up to this point, David's family was pretty solid. After this point, David's family is a mess. Yeah, sad. Yep. You know, the uh, the, the way that the, the the question is, like in verse 9, it says, why have you despised the word of the Lord uh, by doing evil in his sight? Like, he reminds him of, like, you know, I gave you your master's house, your master's wives, I, I did all this for you, and why? Like, there's actually, like, a painting a, you know, asking an introspective question almost, like, to go, like, search your heart. Like, you know, yeah. well, why, why did you do that? Like, you struck down that, like, like not a not needing an answer per se like you know give me a, give me an answer to this but yeah. it's more of and 
I'm thankful that the Spirit of God talks to me like that. Like He'll talk to me with a with a why, like so that I can actually gently navigate that space in my own Answer heart. Answer that you know? question. Yeah and, yeah, and work it out with God, and not just get you know like called out and pointed out and like hung out, you know, with all your mess kind of out there and everywhere. But to go, hey, you know what? Let let's talk about this. And the Spirit of God is gentle that way and wants to restore, like in our own lives. And I don't know what you're dealing with out there today. Like yeah. you might be dealing with all sorts of things that God's been dealing and you know speaking to your heart and been sensitive and been soft and tender um, with you. But I would just say heed that, heed the Spirit of God, and move move back into a place of your first love, if you will. Like go yeah. back to the place of your first love and don't. You don't have to keep going. You you can stop the train now. You know. Yeah, and you know when you when you look at the the way God asked the question, God knew what David yeah. did. Oh yeah. But the question He asked David is why? Yeah. Why have you done this? And then that that gets you searching your heart to say, whoa, why did I do this? Yeah. And the crazy thing about all this is he said, I gave you your master's house, your master's wives, and your keeping, and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, yeah, I, would have done I more. also would have given you more. Yeah. All you, if, you had a, if there was lack in your life, David, if yeah. there was something missing that you went out looking for in Bathsheba, yeah. if you would have come to me, mm. I could have filled that. Not by giving you somebody else's wife or something crazy or stupid. God's not doesn't you know bring us to sin or put sin before us in any way, shape, or form. But there was something going on in David, and we know by looking back, you know, to the to the chapter before it said it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and he didn't go. Yeah, and so we know that he was in a place where he should have been using that type A personality and that competitiveness to go out and kick some enemies of the you know God's bottoms yeah. uh, but instead he chose not to do that and i think that's part of the answer of why have you despised the commandment of the lord yeah. why and so you know going through that why is more important than the what cuz like you said Brian i don't know what you're dealing with out there yeah. and i don't when things are in the shadows, God knows, yeah. but I don't know. But more important than what you're dealing with is why you're dealing with it. And that is always comes back to my relationship, your relationship with the Lord, and how, whew, you know, how, how connected you are to Him. You cannot be closely connected and be out doing crazy stuff. So what has to change? Well, get back to that connection yeah get back to and that's part of what we last week was about at the church and the series we're in right now reset uh, is hey get back we're already done hey we gotta take a break we'll be back in a minute you are listening to the morning breath podcast from east coast christian center we will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone. 
So come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. I I just want to close with the thought. Here, David, uh, he basically gets a word from God that your your newborn son's going to die. But David prays and fasts and cries out to God. Now, I've had a lot of people go, well, you know, I'm just going to pray if it be the Lord's will. And, you know... That's why God gave us the word, so we'd know his will. Yeah. If you don't know it, I get it. But David knew the will of God in this situation and prayed anyway. <laughs> and I, I just wrote down next to the verse where he says, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? It's always right to pray and believe. No matter what the circumstance, no matter how bleak, how dark, no matter what's going on, or how little or trivial, it's always right to pray and believe. I've had people say to me, oh, don't get their hopes up. (laughs) 
dude, go to the Bible and find that for me. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I can't find that in the Word. I can't find that in anybody's life in the Bible. What I find in the Bible is it's always right to pray and believe and cry out to God because God is merciful. Yeah, and you know, he went back to worship even after, even after the death. He said, you know, and he I rose from the ground, washed, anointed himself, and he went and he said, into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Like, even in the midst of probably a very painful, like, oh my you know, gosh. week or so there, oh like, my gosh. good night. He just went back and worshiped, just yeah. went back to his first love, quote yeah. unquote, and, to go worship And he Jesus. did that first. Yeah. And then it's he crazy. went back to the house and comforted his wife and all that he needed to do that way because he had a ministry not only to God, but to his family. Yeah. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on Bye-bye. The Morning Breath. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.